Adam Crowley Show. Sidney Crosby got rubbed by the glove on power play. And they're... That's it, Rob. You guys looked at each other like I said, Rob. Yeah, and then you added by the glove. Oh, you got rubbed by the glove? You're going to have to yank that one, Tom. Please go ahead and pull that for me. Adam Crowley on ESPN Pittsburgh. You found the Crowley Show, where your mom listens, and you should, too. 412-922-2874 is the number to call, or you can join the cast of dozens Follow me on Twitter, at underscore Adam Crowley. Brian LaMartina sitting across from me, shirtless Tom behind the glass. Check them out on Twitter, at FBomber73, at ButtonPusher970. And please, tell your kids, tell your wife, we're doing radio up in here. Hockey is dead now in Pittsburgh because the Penguins are done. But the Evgeny Malkin thing makes me want to continue to talk about it, and it's absolutely necessary to get into that. But I'm horny for draft talk. Mark Caboli of The Athletic, he joins us now to discuss. Mark, are you horny for draft talk, or are you all petered out when it comes to the draft? <laughs> Depending on what David Bush wants, right? Yeah, no kidding. Mark, hey, by the way, your entire story yesterday was fabricated. Oh, you flipping out when you got to the media workroom? Not fabricated at all. Nice. You were swearing. You were throwing things around. You he, were angry. He made that up, Caboli. It was, you know what he did. He put a little no. twist on it just to make it sound good. I walked in there and I said, who's in my seat? Let's move this. And that was about it. Wow. Not a bigger lie has ever been told on these airwaves, Mark. Did you embellish the story, Crowley? I did not embellish the story at all. In fact, Mark walked in. He's texting me as I'm telling it, like I'm going to lie and have this guy call me out. <laughs> what makes me mad is I tell it exactly right. He walks in, he flips out, he's yelling. <laughs> And then he comes on the next day and tells me it's not true. Mark, how can you live with yourself? You can't prove it is not true. Are there any witnesses. witnesses? Are there any witnesses? No, Ray Fittipaldo was not all that far away. Eh, Ray wasn't paying attention. Huh. Mm, interesting that he wouldn't be paying attention. Tom, can you put a call into Fitty and see get to the bottom of this? I could see, yeah. Mark, I heard a rumor that you threw a chair across the room a la Bob Knight. Is that true or not? Yes, I, I did do that. Oh, okay. And you kicked so the podium over? That. You kicked the podium <laughs> over after that? Yes, I did do that, but I did not complain about the, them blocking my seat off. I can agree, I can attest to the rest of it, but not that part. Sounds credible to me. Get Ray Fittipaldo on the damn line. Mark Caballi of The Athletic joining us here on the Crowley Show Mark, I'm going to get into this in-depth coming up in about 17 minutes, but I'm sure we might differ in our opinions here. But uh, when do you think that Devin Bush is going to begin to make his impact? Do you think he'll be a starter from day one? Yeah, I think he'll be the – maybe not from day one as in OTA's training camp, but I think he will definitely be uh, the starter by week one. I think they'll ease him into it a little bit in training in OTAs and training camp, but I think they have, I would imagine they have a different plan now for uh, Mark Barron to be able to um, place more of that hybrid role, be that extra safety that we're all whining about that uh, they're all of a sudden pretty light at. So if you're moving up 10 spots, and that is by far your weakest position, you're going to get him on the field very, very soon, regardless of what Kevin Colbert says about you'd rather have him sit there and, you know, wait for a while to learn things that's better for you. Uh, you remember Ryan Shazier, who is pretty good at football. He 
struggled mightily his first year to the point where after he got injured, they didn't put him back in the game until he had to earn it for about, you know, maybe a month or so. So uh, I don't think they have that luxury to do that this year. So I think he's going to contribute immediately and, you know, learn on the fly. Do you think that there will be times whenever it's Barron and Bush on the field at the same time in the linebacker capacity or only whenever the Steelers are going big dime? No, I think there's there's times that that will happen. And it doesn't necessarily have to be big dime. Then you're such a big dime or big nickel or anything like that. Then you're assuming that Mark Barron's in there just to stop the run. And I don't think that's the case. I think there'll be some packages in there where – Barron and uh, Bush are in there at the same time, depending on what they see fit that they need those guys to do. And I think a lot of it's going to be recycled from last year of what they wanted to do, just put into place this year with uh, a little bit better players. Mark Aboli of The Athletic Liar joining us here on the Crowley Show. Uh, when do you think Deontay Johnson's going to start making an impact? Oh, man, you know, you, you try to look and see if there's any comps to him, in, at least when it comes to the Steelers. And Even though the Steelers have had a lot of success with wide receivers here in the second or third rounds, that's one position across the league that's not universally accepted as a position that can have an immediate impact. I mean, even Antonio Brown struggled week, I mean, year one. Juju, for the most part, he's a little bit different. If you recall, he didn't even take part in much of training camp at all because he was always hurt. You can go down the list. It's usually you'll have your occasional ones that show up their rookie year. I'm talking about league-wide, and uh, it's no rhyme or reason why they do it. So that's a little bit of a tough one because a lot of that has to do with running 80 yards, then running back to the huddle and running 80 yards and running back to the huddle and running 40 yards. And a lot of these guys aren't in shape coming out of college to do that. and They, usually they think they are, but they're not. Yeah, so saying that, I don't think that he's going to be the guy that's going to put up 70, 80 catches. I think Anquan Bolden was one of those maybe 15 years ago or something, put up some monster numbers of his rookie year. I don't think he's going to do that. But considering they might need him to do that, I think he could be right in the middle pack, better than James Washington, not as good as Juju Smith-Schuster. So you put a number on it, 50, 60 catches I would take right this wow. year. You know, 700 yards. Would you not take 50 catches, 700 oh yards? Oh, my God, are you kidding me? Yeah. Oh, that'd be slam dunk. Yeah, but that's not, you know, Anquan Bolton numbers. If you look sure. them up, it's... If button pusher 970 can look those up and tell you those, uh, it'll make my argument a little bit better. See, you've got this rage problem, Mark. I mean, it just it just came through right there. I mean, it makes people believe my story about you kicking stuff in the back of the Steelers media whoa. workroom. Well, you're telling Tom how to do his job. Nope, I'm not going to let you push Tom away around no, that no, way, no. my friend. See, here's the thing. When I make a claim... I have video to back it up of you <laughs> screaming like a little girl because Will Greer didn't get drafted. When you make a claim, it's, yeah, everybody knows this happened. It's more believable. Wrong. Video. I have the video. That's right. That, that's how you get suspended in the NFL, with video. Or audio. Justin Lane. 
When do you think this guy plays? Is he going to? Is he going to be a special teams from day one? And then if he actually has to play football, you're thinking, oh my god, what the hell's going on here? Uh, Probably. It's not a good sign when your when your general manager goes, yeah, he's he's uh, played wide receiver last year pretty well. Not what I want for my cornerback in in the third round. I think once you get to that third round, you pretty much are looking for next year, the year after, and the year after with this draft because I don't see how that – I mean, what he looks like to me is a a better version of Brian Allen maybe, a guy that made the transfer from wide receiver to cornerback, a big athletic guy but needs some seasoning, needs some coaching. Um, Only difference is – Maybe Justin Lane will be able to get on to special teams because special teams is a place right now where they need some upgrade at. And you can say, and I'm not necessarily saying you, Adam, but people in general can say that they've never really uh, developed cornerbacks right now. Well, you know what? Tom Bradley's only been more around one year, and I'm pretty sure Terrell Austin has a pretty good defensive mind who will be coaching cornerbacks this year. So I don't think you can just – you know, make a, how can, how, what's Tomlin say? Uh, not the blanket statement. What do you paint with a, paint, paint yeah, you paint the, the yeah, you can't, oh, okay, you're going to say paint with a broad brush. I thought you were going to say, when you got red paint, you paint the barn red. Uh, Mark Caboli of The Athletic joining us here on the Crowley Show. Only coach in the league where you can get two painting references confused with one NFL head coach. Do you think that it's a problem to only have young players uh, as running backs? Uh, they've got three of them. To me, I look at it the other way. I think it's a young man's position. If you've got three of those dudes, uh, I think that that's probably the way to go in the NFL in 2019. Well, historically, the Tomlin never thought it that way. He always needed that veteran in the locker room, and maybe they're looking at Roosevelt Nitz as being that old head in the locker room, that guy that's been there, done that. Even though he hasn't been, you know, hasn't really done it running back wise, but he's been in the league. So it doesn't look like right now because if you have three guys, you know, earmarked for those one, two, and three positions, like the, the young guys, what, what's the veteran really going to do? Is the veteran really going to sign a free agent deal? And I wouldn't. The one I liked, the one I liked was uh, uh, the Jamoke that was up in uh, Buffalo last year. He must not be that good if I can't remember his name. Uh, Chris Ivory, that's it. Chris Ivory, I, he would be a guy I thought like, would fit in pretty nicely here, but are you going to sign that deal and beat an Al Davis and get cut in February? I guess you know you wait for a better option. So saying that, I always thought they were going to bring in a veteran running back to run with these guys, but at this point, I don't think you are. I mean, your average age of a running back now in the Steelers locker room is like 26, 22.6 years old. That's not very old. So, you know, sometimes you have to wonder if uh, that is a little bit of a risk. But Connor, I guess, been around a year. He's a little bit more mature than, say, your average Joe. And they'll just go with that. So, I mean, I'm not a big guy of, uh, you know, needing veteran leadership and all this mumbo-jumbo. If you can play, you can play. It doesn't really matter. Who's in that room yelling or helping out? So to answer your question, I don't think it is a big deal. Mark, if the only player in this draft that hits is Devin Bush, but he goes like five Pro Bowls, was it a good draft? Boy, it sounds like you uh, 
Oh, well, let me ask you a question. Was that 2003 draft a pretty good one for the Steelers? Well, I thought that Alonzo Jackson was a really good player, Mark. <laughs> JT Wall, too, huh? St. Pierre might still be in the league right now. <laughs> he, uh, he, five <laughs> years ago, he's playing for the Cardinals or something, trotting out there for the fourth preseason game, and I peed myself a little bit. But, yeah, no, your point's a good one. That's the way I look at it. If Devin Bush is a star, then who gives a rip what happened in the rest of the draft? Yeah, because you look at it, and there's barely anybody contributing in that 0-3 draft. They probably wouldn't change that for the life of them. So, yeah, I mean, they, not only at that point, I can't quite remember, but I don't think, you know, safety was a do-or-die position there. They just got a great player to play the position. If you throw a a guy who would be a double-time pro bowler into a position that you knew was killing you for the past 18 months, then that would be considered a win right there. But I'm sure, you know, you always hit on those ones. Mm. You look in Colbert, nobody else is really – you know, been as good as him across the league as the ones in 20 years, even if you have a Jarvis Jones from here or there, and you hope to get one in the sixth, maybe a fifth, and it makes it a good draft. But if, if, if it's, you know, eight flare, you know, eight guys that just fall off the face of the planet and Devin Bush is a Hall of Fame caliber, yeah, I think it's a good draft. Mark, the next time I walk into the UPMC Rooney Sports Complex, I'm putting a GoPro on my head so I can get all your shenanigans on tape. Have no shenanigans. Yeah, we'll see about that when the tape is released. Goodbye. He won't even defend himself. Nope. Maybe it's because I clicked wrong. him off. He is wrong, though. He comes in, and he's all pissed, and he's yelling, and he's throwing things around. And he said it happened all the time. Now, <laughs> Ray Fittipaldo was only a couple of stations down. And Ray Fittipaldo afterwards, I'm not going to go into the details of this conversation, but they were talking about another establishment in town. Oh, man. Name names. A media outlet. Name names. And they were going back and forth about a firing from that particular website. Oh, mm. it's a website. Mm. Mm, interesting. Plot thickens. Maybe they made fun of Will Graves a little bit, too. I mean, it's Whoa. possible. So oh, I'm just man, saying. You're out. They're not going to talk to you anymore. I'm just saying. Burning bridges here. <laughs> you're just lighting it all on fire, aren't When you? the crowd man, you know, the truth Gets called a liar. The deity. He going to strike back. Scorched earth right now. I'm going. I'm taking him out with him off the air. Full C unit on everybody. Whoa. Deity is coming. Up next, Kabali the liar. I love that guy. Gave us his theory on when the Steelers' rooks will play. Was he lying? Well, I know when they're going to (laughs) play, and there is some difference there. Plus, I evaluate the Steelers' draft completely and correctly, unlike all the other draft analysis I've seen in town. It's about time. Four days later, it's a Crowley Show. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The Adam Crowley Show. Cavalier Driven. Cavalier Driven. Cavalier Driven. That was on my wrist thing. Driven with eyes. Adam Crowley on ESPN Pittsburgh. 
Mark Caballi, after lying to us, gave us a couple of guesses, if you will, educated guesses as to when certain rookies in this class would play. I don't guess. I've got the definitive list. If you don't want spoilers, you're going to have to turn off the radio right now. What I say is going to happen. If you want to be surprised, I'm going to give you another shot. Turn the radio off right now. They don't call me hashtag the truth for nothing. I will tell you exactly what's going to happen. I'll tell you exactly when it's going to happen. And I'll tell it to you with energy and verve that no one in town can replicate. Here we go. When each rookie will play. This is important, though. What jersey do you want to buy? Do you want to buy a jersey of a guy like Justin Lane who might not play a lot this year? Do you want to buy a jersey of Ulysses because his name is Ulysses? Probably. I will not talk you out of that one. But if you want to buy a jersey of a Benny Snell, or if you want to write over the letters, the letter B and write an S and an N to make it Snell instead of your Bell jersey, I'll tell you when he's going to play. So without any further ado, drum roll please, Tom. Devin Bush will earn some first-team snaps in OTAs and minicamp. That's coming up. He's not going to be the guy right away, though. Here's what's going to happen. I've got it all worked out. Spoiler alert again. Just in case you didn't turn it off before. Spoiler alert. He's going to come in. Day one. Stories are going to be written. Mark Barron, first-team linebacker, along with Vince Williams. And his town's going to freak out. Everyone's going to think, oh, my God, the guy they traded up for, he's not even starting day one. What are they doing? What's Mike Tomlin doing? Why did Kevin Colbert say it before the draft? He doesn't like players to play right away. Oh, my God. Oh, people are going to have aneurysms. And if they don't, they're going to jump off the Clemente Bridge. Not to hurt themselves. It's delightful that time of year. But here's what's going to happen. They're going to freak out. By the second week, spoiler alert, he's taking over. By the second week, it's going to be Vince Williams standing next to the Bushman. And then he'll win the starting job outright in training camp. It's going to become evident that he's better than the rest of them. It's going to become evident that he's the dude. Now, obviously, injuries notwithstanding, but Devin Bush is going to be one of your two inside linebackers. Chris Carter was on yesterday. Loved that guy. He said, yeah, maybe by week six. I don't think it's going to happen that way. I think they're putting him in ASAP. That is an acronym for as soon as possible. Just came up with that. Ryan Shazier, Marco Boli referred to it in the last segment, when he was a rookie, he was given the starting job from day one, and I had players in there. This was my second or third year there. I had players telling me how pissed they were. Off the record, telling me how pissed they were that this rook was going to come in and win the starting job. The Steelers don't want to make that same mistake again, and if there is a problem child on this football team with all the other ones getting shifted aside, it might be Vince Williams. Vince Williams thinks he is a damn good football player. And he's not a bad football player, but he thinks he's a damn good football player. You don't want to hurt his feelings. He'll be playing, but you don't want to you don't want to put him next to the rook, right? You don't want to hurt John Bostick's now gone. But you don't you don't want to hurt Mark Barron's feelings either, I guess, right? So that's how it's gonna go down for him. Number two, John Roll Tom. What production value? Deontay Johnson, here's when he's going to play. Juju did not start making a big impact until just before the bye week two years ago. He had that 97-yard touchdown against the Detroit Lions. Martavis Bryant, he didn't play until after week six in 2014. I would imagine that Johnson will have some time to work into the thing. May even not get a helmet until a quarter of the way through the season. 
Here's betting, though, that he may some, make some plays in the second half of the year. And this all has the caveat. If he can play special teams in camp, if he can bust a return or two in the preseason, he will earn himself a helmet. He will separate himself as just a return man. And maybe that does give the Steelers some more confidence to play this guy in the actual offense. Number three. I didn't ask for a drum roll. Oh. I don't want a drum roll. It's been so shoddy. Back up out here with your drum roll. I mean, they're the sound effects we have. Drum roll, Tom. <laughs> Justin Lane. The Steelers, they're set at corner. I said it before the draft. Crowman was right. Don't draft a corner in round one because you don't need a guy to step in and play right away. Draft a guy with Boko upside. Oodles and oodles of upside. Draft that guy who down the road can be good. Is it Buku? I could say what I want. Okay. Crowman coins Boko. My parents played a game called Bunko. I think that's different, too. The Steelers are set at corner. Steven Nelson took the ball away four times last year for the Chiefs. The Steelers desperately need turnovers, so he's going to start. Both he and Joe Hayden will be on the outside. Justin Lane, he ain't a slot dude. He ain't a nickel guy. Plus, the Steelers have a few options there in Cam Sutton and Mike Hilton. If Justin Lane can make himself useful on special teams, though, then maybe he can get a helmet. But if he's playing defensive snaps this year, it's probably bad freaking news. If Justin Lane's lining up in place of Joe Hayden, ruh ruh raggy and the guy who can put a wrench in the whole thing is Artie Burns. Artie Burns could be a factor this year. He also could not be. It's in his hands. Kevin Colbert said that to us after the draft. It's in Artie's hands. Artie, if he were to play well in camp, if he were to play well in the preseason, he would, I think, interject himself into the rotation before Justin Lane would. So point is, Justin Lane ain't playing right away. Point is, if he does, it's on special teams. Number four. Would you do the damn drum roll? (gasps) Didn't have to ask for it last time. Benny Snell. He's going to fight with Jalen Samuels as the backup for James Conner. And if track record is any indication then Snell will have to fill in for an injured James Conner at some point this season. I think that he will eventually overtake Samuels at some point as the primary number 2 running back. I think he is a legitimate runner at the NFL level already. Now, is he going to be great at catching the football? Eh, Probably not as good as Jalen Samuels, but I think Jalen Samuels a little bit overrated in that area anyway. Point being, if you have a Bell jersey and you want to slash out that B, and you want to put an S and an L, and you want to make your Bell jersey a Snell jersey, you're probably going to get the root for that guy at some point this year. You have something to add besides air, Tom, besides breathing heavily into the microphone? No, I was just laughing at your joke. Okay, thank you. I appreciate that. Number five! What is that? Is awful production. Go back to the old one. <laughs> Set now, this isn't the dude who banged Arya Stark. Whoa. Side note. Gendry may want to be careful there. Might not want to hurt her feelings. Might not want to cheat on her. But back to Zach Gendry, I think he's a lock to make this roster given how the Steelers are at tight end right now. Pittsburgh loves to use two tight end sets. I think we could see a good deal of Mr. Gendry. Number six. Which one do you want? (laughs) Can you mix them? 
Fade him out at the same time next time. Yeah, yeah. dude. Yeah. All right. Just unprofessional. Dude, dude. He had 29 sacks in the last two years. He was the most productive pass rusher in college football. He had a 1,000, kind of exaggerated, tackles for loss in two years. He is suited to play outside linebacker in the Steelers' scheme. He could potentially be a big-time special teams player. I bet you he makes the roster at a position where the Steelers don't have a lot of depth. Ola Daini. Uh, okay, fine. Chicolo. <laughs> Okay, fine. You're not even crazy about Bud Dupree. So I do think Sutton Smith's got a good opportunity to make this roster. Now go out there and earn it. Miracle. Number seven. <laughs> Isaiah Bucks. Well, fade him out quicker when he's finished. I don't want to hear any drum roll. Juggling a lot of balls here. That's what she said. Isaiah Bugs. The Steelers have had Daniel McCullers on scholarship for far too long. Maybe Bugs can push him off the roster, but I wouldn't count on it. The other two draft picks, I feel like I'm doing the Gilligan's Island theme song here, and the rest, uh, they have less of a chance to make the club, in my opinion. It's either that or I'm just done with it already. I don't want to hear those damn bongos again. Get him out of here. Oh, sorry. Get him out of here. And the rest. The Steelers draft is good, as far as I'm concerned, even if just Devin Bush is good. I'm going to repeat that again for effect. Even if just, even if only Devin Bush is good, if he's the only productive player from this draft, I think it's a good draft. In 2013, the Steelers got Le'Veon Bell and Vince Williams. I would think people consider that a good draft. I do. You get a perennial Pro Bowl player and a possible future Hall of Fame player, then you win. Vince Williams is just a guy. Fine. You get that dude, though? You get Le'Veon Bell? That's a win. How about 2012? They really only got David DeCastro. That's still a pretty good draft when you get an all-pro who will play on your line for a decade plus. Same can be said for 2010. The only dude still on a team from that draft is Marquise Patsy. I think that's a good draft. You don't have to worry about the center position now for a decade plus. In 2003, Mark and I were talking about it in the last segment between lies. Alonzo Jackson never panned out their second-round pick. But you know what? They still got the flying Hawaiian. They still got the Tasmanian Devil. They still got Troy Paul Mollett. Now, the station across the street today, as I'm meandering my way into the studio, they were discussing the Steelers draft, and they said it was average. First of all, it's way too early for that. And I usually only hear that when I take my pants off. Well, it's average. When you get your guy and he's a potential big-time impact player, then you had more than an average draft, no matter what the other mother truckers do. For reals. I was watching the NFL Network last night, and one of the broadcasters said that the Steelers got the defensive player of the draft. The defensive steal of the draft. I'll take their word for it. Devin White was good enough to be taken in the top five for most people. Devin Bush ain't that far off. The Steelers got an impact player at their biggest position of need. That makes the draft a huge success as far as I'm concerned. Last year, the Steelers didn't address the inside linebacker position, and everyone and their mother said it. The Steelers draft what looked like a future pro bowler now this year, and now I'm hearing that the draft was average? They get their dude, and we're really going to discuss whether or not it's an average draft? GTFO, yo. A lot of it is predicated on them not having gotten Chase Winovich as the 66th pick. A lot of people wanted another white linebacker to put on the other side of the white linebacker they got last year or two years ago from Michigan, T.J. Watt. 
Uh, Steelers fans love that guy. They love the Kevin Greens. Love it! People want to chase, but they've got that guy already. They've heard of Chase. Here's a spoiler alert. He's Bud Dupree 2.0 in terms of production. Now, that doesn't mean he's a bad player. Bud Dupree is not a bad player, but he's not as good as everyone, including the Steelers, wanted him to be. But he's not a bad player. The Steelers just drafted a playmaker at the biggest position of need, a huge upside guy at corner when they don't need the corner to play this year. The Steelers drafted a wide receiver in the second round, and they've had pretty damn good job in the past of developing those guys. Steelers got a tight end from a big college when they've got zero depth there, and they drafted a dude named Ulysses. It's more about Devin Bush for me than any of that other crap. But if you think it's an average draft, you're just complaining to complain. You're just complaining because it might be thin times right now on the radio dial if you're trying to talk about the Steelers and get the people riled up. To me, it's a good draft. If Devin Bush is great. The rest of it's gravy, but you know what? I don't even think it's going to be gravy. It's not an average draft because you don't get an average player at 66 and Chase Vinovich. Winovich. I made him German again. Up next, somebody's getting greedy. You'll get it in a bit. It's the great unsponsored football segment filled with knowledge and fun brought to you by To Be Determined. Don't shake your head, Tom. It's a Crowley Show. The Adam Crowley Show. Maybe I decide those teats don't need milking. Oh, it's close. That was close. (laughs) Maybe I decide those teats don't need milking. Adam Crowley on ESPN Pittsburgh. The others don't need a squeezing. If Kenny Malkin is on the trade block, Tim Ben's going to join us in 18 minutes to discuss. We'll also dive into the NFL draft with him. First, though, you tell me what time it is, shirtless T. And now it's time for the great unsponsored football segment filled with knowledge and fun. Brought to you by To Be Determined. Greedy Williams was the first player selected by the Cleveland Brannies in the 2019 NFL Draft. And you get the feeling that Browns fans, Browns brass, the Browns players, they're using the penis pump because they're getting a little too big for the bridges. Greedy Williams had this to say, quote, I know one thing. The Browns are going to the Super Bowl this year. That's a fact, end quote. First of all, that's not what a fact is. That sounds very much like opinion, an opinion that Vegas does not agree with as they set your over-under win-loss total at nine, same as the Pittsburgh Steelers. They won seven games last year, did the Cleveland Brownies. Now, there have been turnarounds that have been bigger in NFL history. In 1980, the 49ers were 6-10. They went 13-3 and and won the Super Bowl in 1981. But they had this dude. Let me know if you've heard of him. It was Joe North Dakota. I thought Tom would like that one. Joe Montana. Is Baker Mayfield that kind of guy? We don't know yet. I'm going to go with no, though. Another big-time turnaround. The Rams were 4-12 in 1998. They then won the Super Bowl with Warner in 1999, going 13-3. and Is it possible? 
yes, you need a Hall of Fame quarterback. Is Baker Mayfield that kind of guy? Maybe. But I'm going to go with no. I think it's far more likely that the Brownies take incremental steps up instead of just jumping all the way up to champions next year. And in fact, the draft is over. I gave my Steelers win-loss pre-draft prediction last week when the schedule came out, and I said that they'd go 11-5. and five. It's now post-draft. I'm not going to tell you the Steelers' record. I'll have to do that record release 2.0, and maybe tomorrow, in fact, now that I'm thinking about it. But I've got a guarantee on April 30th. The Steelers winning the division and the Browns ain't. Whoa! Yeah, how about that for a prediction? That is a guarantee. What do you think? I'm right in lockstep with you, buddy. Uh-oh. They're winning this division. Running away. It'll be locked up by week 14. You look around and you see who your allies are, and then you start to wonder if what? that prediction is bad. What are you talking about? I led an entire march. Brian to the Browns on April 30th. Win the division. No. All right, I like that. I'm starting to feel better about my allies. Just stop it with the Browns. I'm a little tired of them. Quit trying to make the Browns happen. Yeah, the Browns aren't happening. They're not going to happen. Not going to be. Stop trying to make it a thing. What sucks is if it was any other division in football, I'd be rooting for them to be like stanking good. I want them to be good because I think that that rivalry can fill the hole of the Ravens and Bengals rivalry because I don't think those are as hot anymore. Joe Flacco's now gone. I don't have a guy to say he's terrible all the time, although I feel like I'll get there at some you point with Lamar. wait till Lamar Jackson starts putting balls in the air. You just wait there. You'll have your guy. <laughs> Year two probably not going to go as well for one Lamar Jackson. But I think that rivalry is going to take a step back. They lost every good defensive player. Weddle's gone and Terrell Suggs is gone. Uh, they don't have Ray Lewis, obviously, or Ed Reed. All those guys gone. I don't think it's going to have the same cachet. The Bengals, likewise, they lose Marvin Lewis. So that might make them a little bit more competitive, but... They don't have anybody that's hateable. I mean, you want to punch Andy Dalton in the face because he's a ginger, but that's about it. I didn't know perfect. Like, I want a perfect to be like, that guy's an ass. Exactly. If they're perfectless, uh, you don't want to hate them quite as much. They don't have Adam Pacman Jones yeah. anymore. That's when I start lashing out the players that don't deserve it. Yes. <laughs> I'm just getting mean at that point. Oh, Tyler Eifert got hurt again. <laughs> How's that feel, Cincinnati? How do you like that? Take it. Take it. Yeah, you take it right there, you son of a bitch. Right in the Achilles. You take that. Oh, Tyler Eifert, you go down with an injury, you sick son of a bitch. <laughs> okay, there could still be some hate. But I root for Cleveland to be hateable. They've gotten there almost already for me. I root for them to be competitive so that it feels like there's an actual rivalry again. But if they were in any other division in football, I like the swagger. I kind of do. I like the mojination, as Craig Wolfley would say. I like the quarterback who's not afraid to lash out on Twitter. I like that they've got a coach in Freddie Kitchens who believes he's the bee's knees, even though he's never really done it before. I like having Odell Beckham Jr. talk trash. I like when Jarvis Landry's walking off the field. Bless him, bless him, bless him, bless him. Like everyone and their mother sneezing out there. <laughs> I like that. You don't like it so much in the division. Yeah, keep your trash off my lawn. <laughs> Do oh, yeah. it on someone else's. You guys ready for a burning question? Ooh, I'm always ready for a burning question. Burning question number one. Oh, hot, 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 hot. I actually got lightheaded there. 
Lack of oxygen. That's not a question. That's a Burn! Statement, yeah. Question number one. Oh, hot, 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 hot. Hot, 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 hot. Whoa. <laughs> Jamal Charles. Been out of the league. I was going to say, that's a name you haven't heard yeah. in a while. But he signs with the Chiefs so he can retire as a Chief. Where's the line for a these chief guys? legend. Where's the line? Oh, That's the on. question. A legend? He's a Chief legend. A legend? Maybe for Todd Haley. I believe Todd Haley rode his skinny ass to the playoffs, but uh, I don't think you could be Jamal Charles and re- retire with a team. Uh, you rush for 1,000 yards here, 1,000 yards there. You got that right. Right after that, he's going to head to Denver and retire there. Seriously, no, I like that idea. Yeah. No, I hate it. It's like a Rolling Stones, uh, like farewell tour. He's <laughs> just going back to every team and retiring. I am now looking at Jamal Charles' stats and immediately realize that the line is beyond him. He deserves to retire, Chief. Here's he why: beast, yeah, four-time Pro Bowl selection, two-time first-team All-Pro with Kansas City, nine-year player. 5.4 yards per carry in his career. Okay, I'll allow it with Jamal Charles. Chief legend, as I said before. I'll allow it for a guy like James Harrison, who came back and retired a Pittsburgh Steeler after signing briefly with the Bengals, only to then leave and go to the New England Patriots. But he did, at one point, retire as a Pittsburgh Steeler. Guy makes play in a Super Bowl? Okay, you go with that. But if you're just some scrub, like David Tyree, yeah, he made a play in a Super Bowl. He did nothing else. That guy comes back after going to Baltimore, and he signs with the Giants to retire. All right, that guy kind of makes sense, too. Pretty big catch. Is my take dying on the vine? Is this a bad take? It looks like you're slowly realizing it yourself that yeah, it's a bad it's, take. I mean, it's a good thing. But I actually, I think I could save your take since the NFL always loves uh, enacting stupid rules, rules that don't need to happen. I say we make a rule that no player, if he leaves a team, can retire at that team. Because you, you, you forfeit it. You've left. Right? So if you choose to retire, yeah, you you're put, not on that team anymore. Right. Like, you got to retire from the team you're on when you leave. So if you take that last year contract where you're just going to get your money and kind of go off and into the sunset, James Harrison talking to you, you can't retire with that team. Yeah, sorry, Joe Montana. You're forever a Kansas City Chief now. <laughs> right. Suck it, San Fran. Suck it, San Fran, for <laughs> yeah. real. Joe Montana's ours. Kansas City proud. Franco Harris is a Seahawk. Seattle Seahawks, baby. Shouldn't have given him up, right? Is Dennis Dixon going to retire a Steeler or a Raven? Because my favorite touchdown of Dixon's career came against the Ravens when Ben Roethlisberger was down. I don't know, man. But he played, I think, longer for the Ravens. That, that's a tough one. That's a battle right Maybe there. Where it. you're at when you leave, and if you want to retire with the team, you figure out the, figure out a way to get one more year of playing. Where the hell? Get to that team. Where the hell did Deion Sanders retire? I mean, this mother trucker played for like 45 teams. Prime. Is Kurt Warner going to retire a Cardinal? He went to the Super Bowl, but he won one with the, with the Rams. I mean, this is confusing to me now, boys. It's not confusing, Crowley. Oh. Last team you're on when you decide to not play football, that's who you have to retire with. So if Tom Brady played the last year of his career yes. for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yes, exactly. That is exactly the situation. What if Nick Foles blows out his knee? Is Nick Foles a Jaguar forever? Got yes. to be. He has to be. Wow, wow, Deion Sanders was a Baltimore Raven. Yes. Good for that. Mm-hmm. That's how he retires, as a Raven. Yep. We'll always remember him as, as a Baltimore Raven. I remember Dion as Dion. Like, Dion transcended team. 
He always did. Okay, here's a good one. All-time leading rusher in the National Football League. Does he retire a Cardinal? I don't think so. I think Emmitt Smith retires a a Cowboy. See, I don't know if I subscribe. Cardinal. Look, it's a Cardinal rule. Like, looking back at it, it makes it weird to look back. But moving forward, this now, you're going to think twice about jumping. You want to reap the benefits of all of the alumni stuff that you get as a team when you bring these guys back? You got to keep them on. You got to weigh your. You got to weigh the future. There have been through the years some odd players. I'd have to go back and look it up. Probably should have done it before the segment. Some odd players that have retired because they feel like they meant a lot to a franchise. And the franchise, I feel like you don't want to be jerk offs and deny the opportunity to do so. Uh, Jamal Charles, though, that's right on that line for me. That is the great unsponsored. Sorry, Brian. You got one more th- no, I was going to say, I think the Montana thing, just that that's that's the example. Sorry, Joe. Chief legend, Joe Montana. <laughs> Our buddy Daryl just texted us, Jonathan Stewart just retired as a Panther. That proves your point. I mean, Jonathan Stewart had a great career as a one-two punch. You're right, Daryl. That does prove the point. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Coming up next, that was a great sponsored football segment for knowledge and fun brought to you by To Be Determined. Woo! Tim Ben joins to talk about the Malkin trade talk and to evaluate the Steelers draft. Does Tim Benz retire a member of the X? Uh, no, because he's now on yeah, the Post Gazette. He's still playing. Trib. Yeah, oh, he's boy. still playing, dude. He's got trib. plenty of years in him. Right for the trip. Right for the trip, Brad. Oh, that, yeah, that's what I said. The, the trip. Yeah. <laughs> he said the paper, yeah. Yeah, Trip Live Hotline. He's a vampire, so he'll wind up somewhere else, too. Tim Ben's next, Crowley Show. He's playing for the undead.